Life Audio. You are listening to The Beckett Cook Show with your host, Beckett Cook. For more information about Beckett and his ministry, visit his website at beckettcook.com. To help support the podcast, visit patreon.com slash the Beckett Cook Show. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and leaving a five-star rating. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Today, I want to talk about why Christians feel periods of spiritual dryness. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. I, I was in a class in seminary in 2014. It was an amazing class taught by jo- uh, Dr. John Coe. And he explained this phenomenon called consolation desolation and i'll explain what all that is but um it blew my mind when he when he uh taught on this because it was my experience and um what he what he taught was that the ancient spiritual spiritual writers started to notice a pattern in christians and in the christian life and this pattern was like a bell curve and we're going to put up a chart or a graph right now. So you can see what I'm talking about. So see in this graph there, it's like a bell curve and there's constellation, which is this period when you first, basically when you first get saved, there is constellation and it's, you, it's the felt presence of God. So you feel God's presence very strongly. Now, also, he told us and taught us that if he, the the later in life you get saved, and the late and the more licentious the life you came out of, the more this the more intense this consolation is. And so, I got saved later in life. I came out of a crazy lifestyle, even though I don't like that word. And so, my consolation, this consolation was off the charts, and. During this time of consolation, basically, God gives you, God gives us a spiritual bottle, and it's it's a bottle of spiritual pleasure. So, what God's doing is He's replacing the pleasure from the vices that you used to enjoy before you were a Christian, and He's giving you this bottle of spiritual pleasure. So, when I first got saved, for for 
I don't know how many years, like several years at least, maybe five years, especially in the beginning when I first got saved. I mean, I was so, there was so much spiritual pleasure coming to me whenever I prayed, whenever I listened to a sermon, whenever I went to church, whenever I read my Bible. I mean, I would be just in tears. I would, every single time I would listen to a sermon, no matter who it was, by the end of the sermon, I would be in tears. And I could feel just like the the presence of God. And this happened all the time. And, and I would get on my bedroom floor, prost, uh, prostrate and pray. And every time I would do that, I would just start weeping because I would just feel the presence of God. I, so whenever I would pray and all these things, all the spiritual disciplines, I just felt so much pleasure. And then after the the as you can see on this graph after this kind of period of consolation and by the way during this period of consolation when you're getting all the spiritual pleasure it's a great time to read your bible memorize scripture to be you know to be in prayer to to do all the spiritual disciplines because it's it's going to really build you up and edify you and so then after a while, it differs for every person, there is this plateau. And it's kind of like, okay, like God's like, you know, he's still there, obviously, but it's not as, you know, it's not as pleasurable to pray or it's not as pleasurable to read my Bible every day. And it's more kind of, it's more a little bit more sort of work to do that. Whereas before, when it's when you're in that consolation stage, it doesn't feel like work at all. It just feels like I can't wait to wake up in the morning and read my Bible. Like I cannot wait. I can't wait till Sunday to go to church. Like I used to go to two services on Sundays just because <laughs> I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave the church and leave other believers. And so anyway, there's this plateau. And then at a certain point, God takes away the bottle, the spiritual pleasure bottle. And why does he do that? And th this is called desolation. So it's consola consolation, desolation. And the reason God takes away the spiritual bottle is because he, he wants, he, he's now, he thinks you're ready to now come to him not for the pleasure he gives you, but for himself. He wants us to, he wants us to come to him for himself and not just for the amazing pleasure we feel. And so Dr. Coe says in, in these notes, he says that spiritual feelings do not necessarily or always correlate with maturity. If that is the case, spiritual feelings of God's presence, consolation, or absence, desolation, are less the result of our actions and more the gifts of God according to his purposes. The gift of consolation is to encourage us to give us a taste of the presence of God, even ahead of our character development, in order to direct our heart to him in prayer, word, reading the word, fellowship, service, to reinforce these behaviors with zest, he says. <laughs> and that, as I said, in 
consolation it is a great time to give oneself to the spiritual disciplines of reading the word, meditation on the word, fellowship, prayer, missions, service. In desolation, God thinks you are ready to see the truth of what is in your heart. So he withdraws the bottle of spiritual consolation. And that's that's what's going on because during during the period of consolation with me, I didn't even notice that there were still spiritual, there were still vices in my heart, tangled up vices from my past. And so God wants to deal with those vices, whatever, you know, whatever kind of past you came out, out of, he wants to deal with those. This, he wants the Holy Spirit to deal with those vices and untangle them and, and remove them so you can be more Christ-like. So that's the goal is is to be more Christ-like. And one of the dangers of consolation for for me this was this was very interesting to me because when I was feeling all of that pleasure I was also on the prayer team at my church. And so after the sermon during the worship time I would be on the side of the auditorium and there would be other people on the prayer team and anyone could come up and ask for prayer. And so whenever I prayed, you know, a lot of people would come up and and want prayer. And they would, you know, a lot of, a lot of times people would say, you know, I'm feeling spiritually dry or, you know, I'm not feeling God and blah blah blah. And so because I wasn't aware of this this uh pattern, I would, you know, I would just pray i i would pray that that you know these people would just read the bible more would just spend more time in prayer and do all these spiritual disciplines not really understanding that that because i was in i was in the this kind of stage of consolation and they were not they were in the dark night they were in the the stage of desolation and so i was <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, what's wrong with you? Just read the Bible more. Or just get on the floor and pray. Like you'll you'll feel his presence. And so little did I know that that this this kind of pattern exists and it's very common among Christians. This kind of this pattern of consolation desolation. And so Dr. Coe says, you know, the sign through there's three signs of that you're in the dark night, that you're in desolation, the dark night of the soul as it's called. We'll be right back after this short break. And he says, number one, it's difficult to stay focused in spiritual disciplines. So you, it's hard to be focused when you're praying or reading the Bible or listening to sermons. And uh, so, and that, I mean, that's kind of a lot of times now, because I've been saved now 14 years plus, it, it is, it's not as pleasurable. I mean, I still love reading the Bible and I still read it every day, blah, 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 but it's not the same as it used to be. It's not as pleasurable and it's, it's kind of more of just a discipline. And that's the first sign is it's difficult to stay focused in spirit and when you're in spiritual disciplines. Number two, you don't want to do the disciplines anymore. So a lot of people, will just kind of not feel like reading the Bible, not feel like praying, not feel like going to church. It just seems like a drag. And 
your prayer life is dwindling because there's no payoff. There's no spiritual pleasure. There's no, you know, so that's why, you know, we tend to, as we grow in our Christian walk, we tend to feel this way. And the third sign that you're in the dark night or in desolation is you have spiritual anxiety of like, what's wrong with me? Like what, I feel so distant from God. Like what happened? Did I do anything wrong? What's wrong with me? So you can, you can feel guilty. You start to feel guilty and then you want to work harder to get that loving feeling back as he says. So you, you know, you try to like read the Bible more and pray more and, some people during desolation kind of stop altogether. They kind of just are like, well, this isn't this. There's no pleasure in this anymore. So I'm just going to stop reading the Bible and stop going, you know, stop the spiritual disciplines. So what is the answer to this when you're in the dark night? So Dr. Coe says, you know, how to experience the dark night, what, what to do during the dark night or during this desolation period. He says, number one, be open to the fact that the dryness is God's way of getting our attention because he is taking away the bottle and he wants a conversation with us. In other words, he wants us to come to him for himself and not just for this pleasure that we're getting. Number two, this is a time when we are encouraged to lament. This is not a time to bite the bullet and plug away. The right question to ask is, quote, God, what are you doing? The question that will cause us to stumble is, quote, God, what what am I doing wrong? And then the third thing he says that we should do during this time of desolation, he says the spiritual disciplines have now changed in, in terms of their purpose. The purpose is to show is is less now to encourage us and more now to show us something. He says, in, in desolation, the Spirit is allowing, the Holy Spirit is allowing us to experience who we really are without the aid of consolation. And he says that trials serve the same purpose as desolation, bringing us to God and the truth of ourselves. God meets us in a place of our hearts and honesty. And he, he says, during the dark night or during desolation, we need to resist the temptation to fix ourselves. The dark night is trying to help us see, quote, I I can't fix this. I need God. And then he says, we need to resist the temptation to try to generate consolation. Consolation is God's job. So, you know, a lot of people have, like I did, like have that intense spiritual pleasure. And I want to just somehow generate that or repeat that. And so there, you know, there are churches who that's all they do. <laughs> is try to generate consolation. But again, having those kind of pleasurable feelings isn't necessarily what God is is doing at a certain point. He wants us to to become more and more like Christ and to deal with the vices in our hearts. And then he says leaders need to resist the temptation to generate consolation. Instead, the task of leaders is to open the people to what God is really doing in the lives of, of the congregants. And he says, we, we need to be faithful to keep coming to God. So don't give up. Just know that God is taking you deeper. He's taking you into a deeper relationship with him. And so even if it feels, if God, even though God feels distant or you feel a spiritual dryness, just know that he wants to be, have that relationship 
uh, be deeper and closer. And so keep doing the spiritual disciplines, keep reading your Bible, even though it might feel like a drag, you know, it might feel tedious or boring. Just keep doing it because God is working in you. We should inquire of the help of another person, another Christian to help track with our spiritual development. And then he says, the dark night is an inward call to love. God is telling us, quote, come down and talk with me, deal with me. I am your God. Dr. Coe says in, in an article he wrote about the dark night of the soul, he says, when he ta- he's talking about the temptation in the dark night to fix yourself, he says, the dark night of the senses or dark night, dark night of the soul renders beginners vulnerable to temptation, which if given into can put them in on a behavioral treadmill that can beset them for years. The cycle of temptation is number one, to feel guilty and believe that particular sins are responsible are responsible for God feeling distant. Number two, to engage in the spiritual disciplines with more rigor in order to make religion feel good again and atone for feelings of guilt. Number three, to weary of doing the spiritual disciplines insofar as they fail to provide the desired spiritual pleasure and thus avoid their guilt feelings. Number four, to despair of the spiritual life altogether, which is not a turning away from God, but a deep resignation that God is not present in one's life as he used to be. The spiritual disciplines are either abandoned or done minimally in order to minimize these guilt feelings. He also says that the kind of consolation, desolation, that sort of pattern, he likens it to romance to marriage. So like when you first meet someone and you're just, just there's so much kind of like pleasure and romance. And, but then when you get married, there's still that romance, but eventually it becomes more and more difficult and more, there, there's more work to do. So you can look at it like that, like kind of courting someone and then marrying someone, <laughs> the difference between those two. And I, uh, I don't know if I've told this story, but there, so there was this guy, Sam, and he had a very dramatic consolation, like intense because Sam lived in LA and he was, he was a gay man and was, uh, extremely, uh, sexually active and also, uh, very much into drugs and somehow he heard about me and he, he reached out to me. He, and he said he lives, he used to live right near me. He reached out to me through a, a mutual friend and he said, you know, I, I, I want to talk to you about what you, you know, your conversion. And I was like, of course, because he was a Muslim. I mean, by, by, his, from his family, like he was born in Iraq and then moved to, he was a refugee, moved to Sweden, and then he moved to the United States. So we got, he called me or texted me and we got together at this coffee place right here. And basically I told him my story, you know, what God did in my life. And, and it was so amazing, but because by the end of my telling him of me telling him my story, just tears were streaming down his face. And I was like, whoa, like this is, this is amazing. So I invited him to church the next night, Sunday evening at five. 
And so we went to, to my church and during the sermon, I didn't, he was sitting right next to me, but I didn't look at him because I didn't want him to feel uncomfortable. So, but I kept hearing kind of him like sniffling, like he was crying. And I was like, wow, like what's happening? Is he getting saved right now? And once the church service was over, I looked over at him and his entire t-shirt was soaking wet with tears. And he became like instantly, he was born again in that moment. And he was wild. He was just on fire for Jesus. And he, he went so far as to sell his condo. He had a condo, a, a nice condo in West Hollywood. He sold his condo. He got rid of all of his clothing except one pair of everything, like one shirt, one pair of pants, one pair of shoes, like got rid of everything. Got, I think he sold all of his furniture or got rid of it. So he, <laughs> he was feeling just so much because he had come out of such a dark, dark, dark place that he was feeling so much consolation and just so much pleasure that he just didn't want anything else. He didn't want anything. And then he moved to back to Sweden and we haven't kept in touch, but I pray that he's doing well. But yeah, that's, that's that kind of period of, of consolation where it's just like, I don't want to do anything but read the Bible and pray and go to church. Like, it's just this intense feeling. And so that's what consolation desolation is. And I hope that helps because when I, when I heard this lecture in my class, I was just like, oh my goodness, like, this is why, <laughs> this is what, because it absolutely mirrored what, what was happening in my life. So when you're in the dark night, I asked my professor, you know, what happens once you're in desolation? Like, do you just stay there? And he said, no, it just, you kind of just keep kind of cycling. So there's still going to be periods where you feel really close to God. And there's still going to be those periods of the, his felt presence, but they're not as frequent maybe. And they're not as intense. Sometimes they might be. So if you're feeling like you're in a season of spiritual dryness, don't worry, because that's God doing a, a deeper work in you and wanting to go deeper with you. So I, I hope this helps you. And thank you for watching. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Beckett Cook Show. Your support makes this content possible. All episodes of The Beckett Cook Show are also available on YouTube. For more information about Beckett and his ministry, visit his website at beckettcook.com. Thank you to the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find more faith-centered podcasts about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. 
Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.